Hi, my name is Jenny. And my name is Yubi. And this is Conscious Cuppa. Thank you so much for joining us again, all the regulars. We really appreciate you sipping along with us each week. Yeah, we've loved your feedback, all your comments. It's been wonderful. I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad you're enjoying it as much as we are. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. This is a weekly podcast. We look into spiritual ideas, including law of attraction. We're here sipping some wonderful brews today and invite you to do the same as we share our personal insights, stories, discoveries to life, the universe and everything in between, all based on what's written on a wooden lollipop stick. We firmly believe imagining creates our physical reality and that's going to shape the show and hopefully encourage all of you conscious creators out there Remember to send in your pictures of your discovered items. Yuri, you had a discovered item this week. Actually, I had two discovered items. So I bought myself a beautiful pair of Native American Indian earrings from a shop I absolutely love in Brighton, a Native Mm. American Indian shop, the Two Feathers in the Lanes, which I love. I think it was a birthday present to myself. I'd mislaid one of them. I'd lost it, essentially. Mm. And then I found the other earring. I found one of the pair, basically. I just had to say, oh, I can imagine wearing these earrings again. Mm. These are mine. This is a gift to myself. And two days ago, I was going through my jewellery box and out popped the other earring. And then I said, oh, no, but where's the the one I did find? Oh, rather than entertaining that thought, Mm. I just stayed with the feeling of delight, which I've been practicing a lot this week Mm. and just imagining being able to wear those earrings again. So just, you know, taking a second to feel them in my ears within a minute, I put my hands on the other one and Mm. they were reunited. Yay. And the second story is I took my rings off to do a kickboxing session with um, Health Defence with Max and um, couldn't find those rings. They're my mum's rings and didn't know where I placed them. And rather than playing it forward, as one can, I've definitely done. Oh, no, they've fallen out somewhere. I'm never going to see them again. It's what a drama. I stayed with the feeling of having them and the delight as if it's a gift, as if mislaying those rings is actually a gift of delight and appreciation for having those rings and my mum and you know that so um weirdly I just opened a bag that I hadn't expected them to be in and they fell out onto my bed so I was very excited about that so I was yeah that practice of feeling delight this week has been amazing there was a really good story from one of our listeners Kim she works with uh, young people that have some learning disabilities and one of her charges had a limited vocabulary and Kim imagined that they were saying words that they hadn't said before, in fact names that they hadn't said before. And last week she had the pleasure of manifesting in on this level what she had imagined that this child started to say the names of the staff members. Wonderful. What a delight. What a delight. You can send in your stories um, and your experiences of having manifested what you had once only imagined. Where can people contact us, Yuri? So you can contact us on Twitter at Conscious Cuppa. 
that is C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-C-U-P-P-A, or via email, consciouscuppa at gmail.com. Keep it short and sweet if it's a question, because it's got to fit on a lollipop stick. If you want to tell us the stories, because it's going to be a bit too long for Twitter, perhaps... You can send us your story on Gmail yeah. and, and we will share that with everybody for yeah, you. Yeah. We'd really love to hear that. Jenny, what's in your cup today? What's in my cup today? Well, in my cup today is Earl Grey and Rose, which is from the company Off Black. They've got a really nice box. Beautiful it's only, packaging. It's beautiful packaging. It's only got 12 pyramid tea bags in there. And that was from my lovely sister, Mandy. Thank you so much. So the Earl Grey and Rose goes back to one of the teas that was, Nikki. was gifted to you yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah one of our tea. lovely listeners, Nikki, gifted us Yeah, yeah, rose petal tea. So we've got a bit of a floral theme and a fruity theme. What have you got in your So theme? I've got in my cup today, I've got just regular black tea, but I've got half a passion fruit. Scooped in. Yeah, it's a Caribbean fruit and literally just scooped in half of the inside of that passion fruit and let it um steep for a little while and you have this lovely yeah passion fruit and black tea mix and it's so so delicious because i've added some of your passion fruit tea to my earl grey and rose and it's really turned the trick made it just Mm. lovely so here's what we do we have a bunch of lollipop sticks with questions and quotes written on them And we have up to five minutes to answer, ponder, and contemplate what's on those lollipop sticks. We roll the dice to see who goes first. So let's grab that. You you throw first. Three. Yep. And I've got four. Four. So you go first. My question is, has there been a game changer in your life? So there's been a few game changers in my life. There was the death of my mother when I was a baby. There was uh, going to a school of my own choice rather than the expected choice, which is the local school. Actually making my first big decision about what's going to happen next. And that was choosing the school of my choice that really spoke to me on a heartfelt level. And then there was the game changer of moving to Amsterdam just like out of the blue just deciding to do that but the game changer that that speaks to something I had imagined before without really consciously sitting down and imagine when I was a teenager was becoming a DJ so when I saw Grandmaster Flash on the wheels of steel and he's got these two turntables and he's going between them I thought I want to do that. That was my first initial thought. I want to do that. That looks amazing. And it wasn't until maybe seven or eight years later that I actually started to uh, get into it. And then a few years after that, not even that many years after that, actually doing that job. And then moving from the idea that I'm a part-time DJ and a full-time admin person to swapping those over Mm. so now I'm a full-time DJ and a little bit of admin and now I'm a full-time DJ Mm. and that being the only thing that I do but in terms of game changer 
that would be something that I didn't think was maybe possible. Not that I didn't think I could do the DJ, but to do it as a whole career, to do it as my only job, my only income. Really yeah. nice experience, right? And has that has that played it forward for you then? So because you've had that experience, because you've been able to acknowledge that experience, do you now know that you can kind of do put your hand to anything? You can anything your heart desires is within your reach, especially as far as jobs and work and well the funny thing is like I said before like how I didn't really consciously think about that when I was 13 that that's what I would want to do as a career there was no kind of burden of thought on it Mm. but when you're practicing law of attraction there is a kind of you're more consciously aware of all the things saying that you can't yeah because in a sense you're you're swimming upstream Whereas before you were kind of going along with the flow and then there was this happened to be this moment and you quickly changed and so on. When you're practicing imagining creates reality, there, there seems to be more uh, more things consciously that you're also aware that could go wrong, that are against yeah. what you say and all of these others, the otherness is, is more present. Although I am aware, at least intellectually, that I can do anything I want, I'm also more acutely aware of all the pressures to not allow me to do that. And being acutely aware of them, that means that they're in my psyche at the same time often Mm. that I'm trying to put my mind to the thing that I want. And that's quite tricky. That's quite tricky to hold, hold those together but of course, the thing that you really want to do to change your game is is to move to a different field altogether. Yeah, I think I hope that's that answers your question. Your lollipop stick. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My lollipop stick. My passion fruit, Earl Grey and rose tea. Can you imagine being hugged? by a long lost friend. Now that is really funny because I was saying, um, Jenny asked me this morning, what makes me happy? And one of my answers was being hugged. Yeah. And um, this is poignant actually for me. It makes me a little bit tearful. But if I go straight to the place where I'm being hugged by them, it is a gift of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. This means that all the sadness that I'm acknowledging right this moment can be forgiven. So it's a real transformation. Uh, do you have somebody in mind? Oh, yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. I bumped into this person just unexpectedly and we can't help grinning at each other and then we just run towards each other and hug each other and cry and tell each other how much we've missed each other and... um that's the end of it and we just walk away chatting and asking where we're going and maybe we can spend a bit of time together if you know we're not in a rush and stuff so it's a real lovely feeling it's a it's a wonderful feeling so I I really like that so let me ask you when when things happen on the material level on the physical in the physical realm it has weight so when we are imagining 
we need to give some kind of weight to the imagining. So if I'm holding a ball or a cup, okay, then there is some weight to it in my imagination, which matches the materialized version. So give help us give some weight to this hug that you have. So first of all, I would say it's a connection when you're interacting with people and it's about a body language mm-hmm. and it's a locking of the eyes and smiles at this point. Yeah. Slightly embarrassed, cheeky kind of, oh, I'd mm. never expected this to happen. Yes. Oh, but I had and I yeah. recognise it. Yes. And then the the rush, the compulsion to move towards each other yes. and hug and then that tightness yes. that you feel and that warmth that you yes. feel and then the wetness of the tears on my face. Yes. Um, and then looking at my friend and seeing that that mirrors her face. Yes. Now, when you hug somebody, they have a certain circumference. Yes. There's they a... have a certain way of holding you, whether it's, you know, around the waist, half and half, kind of shoulder and waist. And just describe that and, and the awareness of the size, the height of this person so for people who are listening who would like to get in contact with a long lost friend, yeah, what it would feel like on the level of touch okay. and to give it weight and shape, just like we do with the so ball she, experiment. My friend is, is slimmer and taller than I am. It's it's a lower and upper hand hug and she she has a woolen jumper on and there's a coziness to her even though she's slim. And I can smell her perfume slightly. Uh-huh. Um, and but she's she's not she's not voluptuous in the fact that she, you know, it's very distinctly her body. She has a slim, slender feel. Um, and because she's, you know, when when I hug her, I've got to put my head back slightly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she's not she's not a lot taller than me, but noticeably taller. And to close this, what does she say to you? Let's have a very quick phrase that she might say to... It's just a word. It's just a word. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because it's really come out of the blue. Yes. And there's a kind of... There's this secret longing that we haven't quite admitted to ourselves. Yeah. That comes about as an act of grace, it feels like. But actually, now I've imagined it. I know I didn't. Yeah, that's a lovely wow. And when we're doing our imaginings, we're encouraged to include a friend or somebody we love who can share in the delight that is being felt while you're imagining. So somebody shares your delight, a neighbour is sharing your delight. Uh, Rather than the kind of dialogues that we often have with people, which is typically in conflict with another person arguing about something. Yeah. So using the imagination to include somebody you'd like to share that delight with, mm. to hear it when it arrives on the physical yeah, level. Yeah, so they might be congratulating you. Or, yeah, yeah, wonderful. That's yeah. fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for helping us bring that really together, Jenny. Mm. That's That was lovely. Second lollipop stick. Hi. Hi. What superpower would you have? Jenny loves superheroes, so this is a good question for her. I grew up on superheroes, thanks to my brother, Roger. Big shout out. Definitely more of a Marvel person, but as in my 20s, I, I moved over to DC quite a bit. If you don't know what all of this means, I don't blame you. 
it can get pretty obsessive. But I was definitely a Spider-Man type of fangirl. And I would draw Spider-Man a lot. And his superpowers basically is, I love the swinging. It's almost like Tarzan swinging through the jungle, isn't it? Yeah, it was Through the really... concrete jungle this yeah, time. Yeah, for me, that was an upgrade. Yeah. And he's funny and he's he's very resourceful. Uh, he's not it's not really in an ultraviolet violent world that he he resides. So that's really appealing. I can see why a lot of kids go for Spider Man, especially because he's young as well. But I wouldn't be Spider Girl. <laughs> there is a whole Spider Verse with even Spider Pig and Spider Monkey and all these other characters and it's brilliant, but I don't think I would be a spider person. If anything, I would be, I would fly. I'd definitely fly. Mm. I'd definitely have that. Would you have wings? No, I'd just be able to fly. I do that in like my dreams. Like Spider-Man. I do that in my dreams a lot, mm. just fly. Like Superman, I mean. No, not like Superman. Superman's got a cape. Okay. And it kind of implies that the cape has got something to do with him <laughs> flying. And it's enough. not that at all. Yeah. It's just, just flight. Mm. And, of course... In terms of like the metaphor of that, it's it's the freedom of movement. So teleportation would be another uh, freedom of movement, and obviously, therefore, there's a theme of freedom of movement. So my superpowers would have to do that. So there might be invisibility that gives you freedom of movement as well. And they say that women would normally choose invisibility, and men would normally choose flight. There's a bit of both in there. Mm-hmm. A bit of both, both the in masculine there. and the feminine. What about you? I'd have to be a shapeshifter. Okay. I've felt that as since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my experiences in life have mm. been shape shifting. Yeah. In, so moving from state to state to state. Moving from state to state, being mistaken for people. Mm. Um, some sort of invisibility. Yeah. Um, as part of you can just meld into a crowd and people don't, it, it, you know, it's been a little bit disturbing as you come to understand your superpower. Mm-hmm. I think a friend of mine wrote a book, um, Nicola Perry, that has this in. I recognise that and we have many conversations about that, about the fact that sometimes well, somebody will bounce you in the road because they don't see you. And then I, I, I began to use that as a superpower saying oh well okay bouncing in the road isn't very helpful but actually sometimes I don't want to be seen that's a nice way of interacting with the world sometimes you don't want to change anything in that situation you just want to be a silent observer of something wonderful Mm. so yeah I I, I would be a shapeshifter and I, I think in scripture that the seven heavenly virtues I consider to be superpowers um so that's faith hope love prudence fortitude fortitude two more temperance and justice and to me they're very much like superheroes Mm. and it's the kind of qualities that I'd like to embody that means that I will you know have that kind of ultimately the compassion that's that's necessary for a, a life lived in harmony with life. Yeah. Mm. I've still got time, but that's good enough for me. Yuri? What new habit would you like to have? Well, 
I think it's a growing habit. It's a habit of, of feeling delight. I've really, I, I said at the beginning of this podcast, it's something that I've been practising this week much more than I ever have. Mm-hmm. So the habit of feeling delight, because this week I've noticed that if I get into a little situation, yeah. so I lost my rings, that's an opportunity actually to feel delighted. So the relief that oh, I yeah. feel... So while you're imagining, then you get to feel delight. Yeah. Ah, yes. So yes. the relief of having those rings and remembering what those rings signify and all of that is delightful. Mm. Um, so... I've been in all sorts of situations this week, as one is. Jenny talked about sometimes you play this this script of arguing in your head with, with somebody. Yeah. But if I can just... What I've been doing is just interrupting that thought mm-hmm. with a, oh, this is an opportunity to be delighted. What do I want? Yeah. Oh, this is great. And so just revising that immediately yeah. to feel delight because delight is, is, is just so yummy. You and then there is a practice of revising, isn't there? Yeah, there is. At the end of the day, usually, you can do it immediately, mm. but I have I have up until this moment of doing it immediately with delight, it's been much more a practice, the art of revision at the end of the day, yeah. where you don't let the sun go down on anything that wasn't up to standard even, or yeah. wasn't in line with what you do want, yeah. or your brother has said, oh, I haven't got enough money to pay my bills. And you didn't think, oh, let me imagine that for him right now. Yeah. So at the end of the day, doing that in order for the sun not to go down on it is 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 a really wonderful place to end your day. So, so what you does would that just, mean in practice? So you would go back into your imagination and imagine the conversation you did want with your friend, for instance. Yeah. So your friend that said, I can't pay the bills, you would hear him say, oh my goodness, I paid all my bills, it feels so good, or yeah. wow, I have more than enough money this month, or mm. I've got a new job and I've got a higher salary, or whatever really rings true to you. Yeah. There's another art of revision, so you lose something, you imagine wearing it, you feel delightful, having found it, having hold, held it, the weight of it, like we were talking about, seeing an old friend, you know, being reunited, with an old friend so maybe you've had a falling out somehow and you just imagine hearing them on the phone or bumping into them and there's just this delight for seeing each other and the art of revision that Neville teaches is more about the um like if you've got a letter and it says something that you that doesn't please you you can rewrite the letter in your imagination yeah yeah you can receive that letter that says you've got the house, you own the car, you won the pools, <laughs> whatever it is. So have you got an example of this letter rewriting art of revision that Neville talks about? Well, the one that springs to mind was when a friend of mine was getting married. And then I got an email from her maybe a month or two months before the wedding was due saying that it's all been called off and without much of an explanation. And I thought, but no, I've imagined myself at the wedding. It must be going ahead. And so I imagined, I just ignored what the email was saying and imagined instead that it was, that the wedding is still on. 
And then we ended up going to the wedding. You came with me as well. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. My first reaction, the first immediate reaction was, oh, no. And then I thought, hold on, but I've I've been at the wedding. Interrupt I've been, that thought, right? I've imagined myself at the wedding. So why am I endorsing an idea that what I imagined isn't true? And because it felt so good to be there with her and her new husband, I thought, well, whatever's happening with this, what's ever happening in their minds right now, it doesn't stop the wedding going ahead because I've been to the wedding. Yeah. I've already been there. And it was wonderful, the feeling of being there. And, of course, when you and I went to the, the mm. wedding reception, it was wonderful. Yeah, so you advice. interrupt the senses. Mm. So what your eyes see in mm. this letter, in this phone call, yes. in this in this email, this horrible smell, whatever it is, you just <laughs> you just revise it. Yeah, because your senses are are confirming facts that are actually transient. And but what you hold in the imagination is in the realm of eternity. So if you did get a letter this week, you did get some news that you don't want to hear, don't want to read, you can revise that. Yeah. Definitely. It's time for Magic Minute. Magic Minute is us going up in an elevator with somebody from the public Public. with a question that we have up to a minute to answer. Yeah. Unless we end up shouting out the lift doors. (laughs) So I will go first and I will pick a number from 1 to 20. I will pick 17. Okay. Alex asks, what is the single most probable cause of the suppression of knowledge and wisdom in the world today? Wow, Alex. That is a five-minute, but it can't fit on a lollipop stick, so it has to be a magic minute. Okay. Okay, have you got one minute on the clock? I yeah. Have. What is the single most probable cause of the suppression of knowledge and wisdom in the world today? And the lift doors are closing. Now, well, Alex, it seems like it would be um, something to do with just the society and the social setup, suppressing, holding down, restraining us. But there's also in the spiritual context, the whole fact that consciousness has been brought down to a certain level of itself, which is this physical level, this density, this matter weighs us down and speaks so much to our senses and convinces us that what I see and touch and hold is the reality. Is the only reality. Is the only reality. Mm. And knowledge and wisdom harks back to a, a lighter consciousness, which is aware that imagining creates reality. But that table that is so solid, that chair that is so solid under, underneath me, that convinces me I'm shouting now out the lift doors that convinces me of the reality of of something that isn't causal but is more of the effect yeah but cause is spirit yeah so ultimately spirit is causing a suppression of knowledge and wisdom for its own expansion Mm. and I don't know where Alex is now, but I hope he got the gist of what I was trying to get across. (laughs) (laughs) So my question from the public is number nine, and it comes from Diego. 
Can you do everything yourself? And the lift doors are closing now. So Diego, yes and no. You can do everything yourself in your imagination. There is no limit to what you can do in your imagination. So Diego, if you want something, go into your imagination and feel it. Feel that delight, that passion, that thrill of it being so. Touch it. Feel the weight of it. All of that. But again, we're here in a reciprocal environment where we have brethren, we have kinsmen to share this with. Mm -hmm. So don't limit yourself for doing it just for yourself. Mm. You're here and this bouncing backwards and forwards is, is can be delightful. So imagine that for your brother and yourself, that communication. Yeah, Diego, I'm done. <laughs> I think Diego also, he's about to step out of the lift. But maybe the question is also wants us to address... This idea, are you autonomous or are you a part of a group? So I think rather than a independence versus a collective, there's interdependence. So yes, you can imagine yourself and include uh, who you like in that imagining, but there's also the, the universe life will arrange people to help you manifest the thing that you need whether it takes a thousand or a million people to manifest the thing that you need people who are willing to do that will be included with or without their knowledge so if you needed to find 10 pounds on the street somebody's going to drop 10 pounds who might not miss that 10 pounds if you or or has a belief that they lose things or have a belief that they lose things. So in that sense, they're willing to yeah. play their part in you needing the £10 now. Um, maybe because you lost your £10. Whatever the case is, you, you, you're you not alone. Nobody is alone. Nobody is truly isolated. So everybody's going to work together with your, your imaginal act to help bring you the thing that you've imagined. Because ultimately, there's only one imagination. Yeah. And we are all part of it and we all have access to everything in its storehouse. Yeah. Thank you to Diego and Alex for our Magic Minute questions. And thank you for listening along. It's been another wonderful week of questions and imaginings and tips and tricks that we have used. We'd love to hear from you. How can we be got in touch with? How can we got hold? How can you get hold of us? <laughs> you can get hold of us on Twitter at Conscious Cuppa. That's C O N S C I O U S C U P P A, and you can Gmail us at Conscious Cuppa at gmail.com and you can now leave a voice message on the Anchor.fm website. And you can be sending your questions and answers, and we'd love to see your beautiful mugshots. Yeah. What are you drinking today? What's in your cuppa? Yeah. This week's episode was sponsored by Superpowered Hug. Cozy. <laughs> My name is Jenny. My name's Yuri. And this has been a tasty brew. Slurping good time. And a swell cuppa. See you next time. Yep.
Hey, Brew Crew. Thanks for waiting right to the end of the show for your bonus Easter eggy question for you to muse and schmooze over. Yuri, do the honours. Oh, it's a big one, guys. It's a big one. Oh, what is God to you? What is God to you? Thank you. Thanks so much for listening in. See you next week.